0: Get in the know, non-stop Viking talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Get away we go. Woo. Yeah, away we go. I don't even remember the last time the Vikings lost. Like a month ago. A distant memory. Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs. yeah, close
2: game too. Should They should have won that game, actually. You get another one-score loss of a bunch of early season one score losses.
0: This is Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and it looks a lot more likely now than it did a month ago. We'll see, see where this thing goes. But they're building something here. Uh, We have a little reckless speculation to get into off the top of the show as it pertains to the quarterback position.
3: Reckless speculation.
0: Presented by our friends over at Summit Orthopedics. If you're dealing with any type of pain, Achilles, you know, hamstring. Oblique. Oblique. Could like Hawkinson. Oblique. Yeah. He's going to be kind of a slow burn back to hopefully playing this weekend. He was at the Wolves game last night. He wasn't favoring his oblique. He was walking normally. I don't know. Probably if he some type of favoring. heat pad on it. Yeah. Electronic heat pad on his oblique. Or whatever, uh, maybe Summit Orthopedics would recommend for that type of injury. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments if you're really hurting. Summit Orthopedics offers walk-in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. And they have over 150 expert physicians. Learn more at SummitOrtho.com. SummitOrtho.com. Boys, let's get right into it here. Diana Russini. Mm -hmm. From The Athletic. She went from ESPN to The Athletic. And she's doing... So, so in fairness, she wrote this before the Atlanta game. Mm -hmm. And conditions have maybe changed a little bit since then. But she has an article that says, What I'm hearing about Vikings quarterback plans post Kirk Cousins. It's a big Sunday notebook. Mm. And again, it was written before the Atlanta game. But she says, Though his future is unclear, conversations I've had with sources over the last few months suggest Minnesota will try to bring Kirk Cousins back and that there are many in the building who want that. On Monday, before the trade deadline, they poked around at everything. They discussed internally what move would make the most sense. From a brief discussion about perhaps calling the Cowboys to trade for Trey Lance, so they did talk about that internally, to a conversation with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers about signing John Wolford off their practice squad, Ultimately, the Vikings decided to pursue a trade with Arizona for Joshua Dobbs. The Vikings had one rule in adding a quarterback. Minimize the impact on their team building beyond 2023, meaning contracts. And Dobbs is a free agent after 2023. Mm -hmm. So enter Dobbs for only a sixth round pick. Minnesota never even discussed a potential Kyler Murray trade, even though there are some who believe they should have looked into. A Kyler Murray trade. And that's what Diana has to say.
3: Reckless speculation.
0: Interesting. Um, Boy, there's a lot
2: to unpack here because there's, how can I put this? There's a lot of moving parts here. One is I love the fact that they did not want to lock themselves in. That's very smart. Kyler Murray would have been a massive mistake. I'm sorry. The Cardinals are gonna try, the Cardinals are gonna to try to pedal him off. I have no interest with what we know about um his potential lack of commitment. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Dobbs thing makes perfect sense. I love it. Uh Wolford would would have been fine too. And I believe, if I am not mistaken, that the Buccaneers then promoted him to their active roster to stop the Vikings from signing him. Um, and of course he came from having been the guy that replaced Stafford last year with the LA Rams. So he knows the McVay slash um, slash O'Connell system. Um, but the interesting thing about this is I really like the fact and the Vikings have set themselves up well here. I love the fact that they don't didn't want to commit to a quarterback at this point. Cause you should never do that in a time of panic and that they have the ability now to have a blank canvas Mm. and if they bring Kirk back but the thing with Kirk is and and I mean this is the road that we have to go down is you know I believe because Kirk has done a very good job I believe there's a lot of people in that building that like Kirk and would like to bring Kirk back but Kirk is now going to have to come back almost certainly at their price so, like, that's where we, that's where I think there's some confusion here. Well, they want to bring Kirk back. They, they just will. Well, he's going to be coming off a torn Achilles. The other thing that's going to factor in um, that our friend um, Charlie Walters, the shooter, pointed out in his Pioneer Press notes column on Sunday, <laughs> which I love every other Snoop. Sunday in the Pioneer Press. Love, love Char- Charlie's the last guy in town who does a notes column, and I love it, but he, he had a good point. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins to sign in March if he goes elsewhere is almost certainly going to have to pass a physical and I don't know that he can pass one like he's a he's a mid-30s dude coming off an Achilles so like there's a lot of things at play here and I think what it sets up is again one of the most fascinating off seasons for the Vikings in a really long time as far as what they're going to do but for the here and now I think not going into a panic and trying to just get a quarterback. Oh my God. Okay. He's got three, three years left. I think that was the smartest move. Keep your options open. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I, I, I like that. They're not like panicking here. And I think Kwasi KOC said all the right things in like the 24 to 48 hours after the Kirk injury. And, you know, I, I found it a little weird at first that Kwasi said like, yeah, Kirk's already ready for OTA. He's really talking to me about, you know, being ready for that. And, Obviously, KOC had the, you know, the comment of everyone knows how I feel about him and whatnot. But then with Josh Dobbs, you know, coming in here off the bench and obviously Jaron Hall, who looked promising before the concussion. Yeah, there's no need to make a panic move right now. I think you assess all your options and the Vikings are focusing on winning games and potentially even stealing the North from the Lions. So why really complicate and get yourself into a situation where you're trying to figure out the long term answer at quarterback? when in classic PJ Fleck week, like right now it's, it's saints week, man. Like it's, it, it you don't have to worry about week. trying to change championship. Saints
0: championship week, saints championship saints championship championship week.
3: week Declan. Sorry. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I need to roll. We, we, we over, lost
0: Illini El- championship week hey. uh, in dramatic fashion.
2: Was, that dra- was it dramatic or spectacular
3: fashion? Yeah.
0: Both probably both yeah. sink that yeah. boat. Um, but at Uh-oh. the same time
3: uh, they, they, they shouldn't be locking themselves in. They shouldn't be panicking over a decision yet. Cross that bridge in the off season.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about like on that blank canvas right now, Nick Mullins would be, well, Jaron Hall is under contract because he's on a rookie deal for the next three years. Nick Mullins does have a contract in 2024, but there's such a huge gap between the cap number and the dead money that you could, they will likely just cut Nick Mullins. If they bring him back, it's probably on some sort of redone deal. Cousins free agent, dodge free agent. So you're literally like you could bring Cousins back. And and you know maybe maybe Aaron Aaron Rodgers was telling guys on the field last night I need a couple more weeks or a few more weeks. He's walking around no crutches no limp he's doing dropbacks he's going to play almost certainly this year after like three or four months removed from Achilles surgery. So maybe Aaron Rodgers you know Kirk's going to get like eight to ten to twelve months to recover. We might feel differently about coming back in your mid to late thirties from an Achilles after watching Aaron Rodgers do it, or we might feel like oh he looks terrible. I'm I'm worried it's gonna
2: it's gonna rupture again.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to get Rogers to see teams. it in dramatic or spectacular. Fashion. I don't want to see
2: that, but I'm concerned about that.
0: But you do have that option with Cousins, right? I think the most yep. interesting thing for Cousins that that we started to see last year and this year mostly is when, and quarterback is really the only position that you can get this, where you have like ten plus years of experience, and so your brain your brain is processing defenses at such a high rate and everything is slowing down compared to where it was when you came in the league. So your football brain is peaking. And when that happens, how long can your body hold up? So it's like Tom Brady's football right. brain started peaking in like his late twenties or early thirties. Cause he's a savant. Mm-hmm. And then he tears the ACL when he was what, uh, like year seven or eight in the league. But from that point forward, Tom Brady's brain, football brain was peaking and then his body held up for like 15 years or something crazy. And that's how you get Hall of Fame numbers and Super Bowls and all that stuff. Drew Brees, he, like Drew, uh, Drew Brees' football brain started peaking in like his early to mid thirties. And then he got to play 10 years. His body sort of held up for 10 years. So I am interested if Cousins comes back, we're seeing him process defenses better than he ever has. Connect with Kevin O'Connell. How much longer can his body stay up on that level with his football brain? Or do you get a look for eight weeks at a Joshua Dobbs and say, boy, that guy's got just a generally great brain. He's got a great football brain. He's got a great, uh, you know, outside football brain, rocket scientist brain. Do you start to get a little further from Kirk? Still love Kirk. It's great, but it's no, now it's been two weeks. Now it's been a month. Now it's been six weeks, and Joshua Dobbs brings a different element. There's so much that could change in the next two months As you go into, you know, the February, March speculative seasons of the NFL offseason.
2: Starting with Sunday, too, I think we we get one of the most intriguing things, and that's this. We get to see if the real key is the chef in the kitchen. We get to see that if it's not, you know what? They're bringing in some filet mignons, and they're bringing in some sort of rough steaks, and Kevin O'Connell's making them all taste the same. So how's that possible? So, like, what really intrigues me is what do you have here? And this is going to – I mean, this is a test now, too, and he passed it with flying colors on Sunday. This is a test, too, of O'Connell's literally getting to sample the quarterback appetizers. Yeah. Like, like he's got the Cousins, which is your more dropback guy, works well in the boots, but he's not mobile. And then he gets Josh Dobbs, and all of a sudden Josh Dobbs comes here and, and O'Connell guides him through a game literally in his ear. And Josh Dobbs, very smart. You have to be smart to play this position, uh, at least if you're going to be successful. Josh Dobbs, you know, does it. Jaron Hall gets off to a good start. Jaron Hall, who's Jared Hall? It's a fifth round pick. So I think the other thing that's go that's going to, to become intriguing is what are you working with here? And and look, you know, in fairness to Vikings fans, what I just said, I can see as being incomprehensible because when's the last time we've had a guy like this here? When's the last time that we have had a guy? You know, for all we've complained and rightfully so, you know, Brad Shoulders, he wasn't, a you know, he was, I think, a good builder of a roster. But quarterback whisperer, no way. Les Frazier, no way. Not his job. He was a defensive guy. Zimmer, Hated quarterbacks, and now he brought in some good OCs or some decent OCs. But that's a long way from being a coach. So I guess what I'm saying is this: How much at the end of the day do you potentially sit down and say, "Okay, yeah, Kirk improved a lot, but let's call a spade a spade. He improved a lot in large part because of O'Connell, and O'Connell just milked the best he could from a bunch
0: of QBs. Do we really want to pay Kirk a ton? But that, and the, and you've kind of hit on this, like this this pie chart of praise specifically about Kirk cousins playing and I'm using Kevin O'Connell's words and all, I believe the same thing, the best football of his life the last few weeks and the last two years. Yep. Neither one of those guys is going to fully openly talk about, okay, was it, was it Kirk carrying a new head coach? Okay. Kirk's been in the league for 10 years and Kevin O'Connell's brand new to this. So good thing. Kevin O'Connell has a savvy veteran like Kirk cousins to kind of carry him through like the perception in Los Angeles with the Chargers is that Justin Herbert is so talented, he's like overcoming a bad head coach, right? Has has Kirk Cousins been overcoming a young coach? Or has the brilliant, offensive minded, uh able to translate things on the fly offensive head coach, is he elevating Kirk Cousins? Is it somewhere in it's probably somewhere in between, you know, based on where he had last goes, but What's fascinating is now we're starting to get some stories. I brought this up with you guys on Royce Unchained. Mark Sanchez went on Colin Cowherd's radio show yesterday. And I pulled it up just to get the details of this game. He told a story about week 13, 2018 with the Washington Redskins at the time, now the Commanders. And Kevin O'Connell was not the head coach. He was not the offensive coordinator for that team. He was the quarterback's coach in 2018 for Washington. And Colt McCoy goes down with an injury. So the, Washington was like, this is the, Kirk Cousins had already signed with the Vikings. This is the first year post-Kirk Cousins. So they, I think they might have had Dwayne Haskins at one point. That might have been 2019. But they're in quarterback hell the year after Kirk Cousins. And uh, And so at one point, Colt McCoy was their starting quarterback. But they bring Mark Sanchez in for depth. He doesn't know any of his teammates' names. He doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know really the terminology. It's all French to him. And mm-hmm. so he comes in, he thinks he, all right, I'm, just, I'm going to sit behind and I just get to observe for a couple weeks. Boom, Colt McCoy goes down with a foot injury at mm-hmm. Philadelphia, week 13. And uh, they go up to Mark Sanchez on the sideline and say, hey, dude, you're in. And Mark's like, uh, come again? I don't know anyone's name. Same thing as Joshua Dobbs. I don't know anyone's name. I don't know. I've only been here for like a week, so I don't know all the plays. I don't even know how to like spit the plays out in the huddle. Quarterbacks coach Kevin O'Connell gets on the headset literally jay gruden gives the headset to kevin o'connell or at least like flips the switch and allows him to communicate directly with the quarterback mark sanchez in the huddle so now Mm -hmm. it's quarterbacks coach kevin o'connell who's who's calling the plays and and communicating on the fly as if he was the starting quarterback and sanchez was like blown away he's like you wouldn't believe now sanchez wound up uh, throwing an interception, no touchdowns. He was sacked a couple times. They lost twenty-eight to thirteen. The game didn't turn out the way that it did for the Vikings against uh, against the Falcons. But he said O'Connell and I spent time together with the Jets like eight years prior when he was a backup in New York, and Kevin knew that we spoke that playbook's language together. So he would tell Mark Sanchez, hey, play 14 on your wristband, spit it out so they know the play in the huddle. Then I will translate it for you in Jets terms from eight years ago so you know what play we're running. And he right. did this for like two hours after the Colt McCoy injury. Right. like That is fascinating to me that he's able to speak those languages on the fly, communicate effectively in seven or eight words I'm not trying to take anything away from Kirk here, but we're finding out just how much work Kevin O'Connell does for these quarterbacks in their headsets, in game planning, in laying out exactly what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to be looking at.
1: And if you've
2: not gone uh, back and watched O'Connell's press conference, not from Sunday, but from Monday, actually, when when he was basically asked uh, in retrospect, chapter and verse of what he did to help Dobbs against the Falcons, it's the same type of stuff. Like he was translating the plays. And I I think because it was Dobbs, he was, that's about as open as O'Connell's been about his involvement, which is obviously huge. But, but, you know, with Kirk, it was – one, I don't think you're going to talk about it as much because you're not going to want to take credit. And two, it's a little bit of a different ball game. But with him talking about that and translating plays from like what the Cardinals did to what the Vikings are doing, again, in like seven words, like that sucker shuts off uh, the communication device that goes from the coach talking to the quarterback in, in his helmet shuts off with 15 seconds left on the play clock. And so you have to be acutely aware of timing and things like that. That to me speaks to okay, and you now have an infrastructure in place from a development of a quarterback standpoint that you don't necessarily have to be wed to that one guy. It's not like, you know, there's this sense that, oh, my God, if Kirk leaves, the Vikings are screwed. Well, no, they're not necessarily. The the reason why you went and got O'Connell is because of this, because you learned that he could actually be the first guy. I'm I'm trying to think back. So, in fairness, would we say the last even potential quarterback whisper in that building was...
0: Scott Lenahan,
2: Lenahan working with with Culpepper, right? Because mm-hmm. so so like that's the last time that we actually had this type of engagement between coach and player. And Dante again, like Kirk, physical ability awesome, different skill sets, but awesome. But yeah. you know, didn't necessarily process as much. And so now here was an O.C. in this case to slow things down and to explain things. Same thing with Kevin. So this is where I think we we probably, um, as Vikings fans and followers, need to turn to a new chapter of this is going to be a different situation. And the, oh, my God, what if this QB fails is a lot less likely if that person has the right infrastructure, which I think it sounds like the Vikings finally got right.
0: And that's what, like some of what we're going to learn in the fallout of the Atlanta game is right. And we, le- and we learned some of this in the Atlanta game. We learned even more so just how much of a quarterback Sherpa Kevin O'Connell can be. And then the the, the Sanchez Sherpa. story, Sherpa. you know, great, by the way. I mean, he is, it's like, wait, no, I, I, need to cl- it's great- I need to climb a mountain. Oh, I'm not clowning who's, you. Know I'm saying who's going to help climb. It's a, mountain? a great word. I a love Sherpa, that word. Right. I know. It's a great word. So we learned in that game, and, and we will see more games, that the Vikings can score 30 points offensively without yeah, exactly. Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Now, if they come out and average 12 points a game for the next month, okay, now like the discussion kind of changes again. But you know, And I don't want to compare the Vikings quarterback situation to the Giants, because Kirk Cousins is levels better than Daniel Jones was last year when the Giants had to make that decision. And I don't know that Kirk coming off an Achilles is going to be commanding $40 million a year anymore. However, in terms of like the type of decision the Giants had to make, it was, okay, we have a quarterback that was clearly elevated by a quarterback Sherpa in Brian Dable. Anybody watching Giants games, unless you're the most delusional Daniel Jones fan, understood, oh, it's a great offensive minded coach guiding through scheme and communication, a quarterback above where he probably otherwise would be. Right. And the giants as an organization said, despite that, we're going to give Daniel Jones, I think it was like $80 million over. I think it's guaranteed like a two year, $80 million total contract. And now, and now he's out for not working out too well, even before the injury, he was a train wreck. Right. So, If you're the Giants in that situation, wouldn't it have been more wise to say, oh, so our head coach can just kind of turn any quarterback into a competent quarterback. Maybe he can take a good and competent quarterback, make them great. Let's spend our resources elsewhere to build a monster football team, right? Now, if the Vikings come out and average nine points a game for the next month, and you say, "Okay, that was a fun game that we had in Atlanta. But at the end of the day, like we need Kirk Cousins to come back because. That's the only way we feel fully comfortable. Maybe we draft a quarterback, but but if they start to score thirty one against Atlanta and then twenty eight against the Saints and then, oh, there's a 40 burger against the Bears or something, right? Like it'll make you think a lot more deeply about how much you're spending on that position. It doesn't make if you have a quarterback, Sherpa, that can elevate Joshua Dobbs in five days. It's huge right? Like why would you spend 40 or $50 well, million dollars on somebody? It doesn't make sense. And if Josh Dobbs is
2: forced to to turn in his Keenum esque slipper, I would encourage you to watch this. Watch what he can still do from a skill standpoint. Hell, if Jaron Hall comes back, right? Like, like to me, it's not the can Josh Dobbs become the guy. I think the answer to that is very small, very small chance. Mm-hmm. But in watching every play of the game and watching the play calls, this is what I want to see win or lose. I want to see what the skills do because the skills are very different than Kirk. And so it could be Dobbs. It it could be hall, but I want to see a different, and we started to obviously witness this against Falcons. What can a different style of quarterback do? What freedom does that allow you? What does that do for Jefferson? What does that do for Addison? You know, those are the type of things. So like if Dobbs, Goes in against the Saints in two weeks, throws three picks, looks like crap. That's not not my concern. My concern is what do I see from just a foundational standpoint? That's what I think the Vikings will be and should be watching for because I don't think anybody is saying, oh, Josh Dobbs is the replacement for Kirk. I think what we're saying is, hold on a second here. This is Kevin O'Connell, blank canvas, being allowed to run an offense in a style that – And this is not not an anti-cousin statement that Kirk just can't run. It's a different style. And that's what I'm so curious about.
0: And then there's a balance here, too, because as we we went through some of the film with Booney, and it's hard hard to even, because there's some throws that Joshua Dobbs would have made if he was given another week or two of preparation, that hot route that he missed to Brandon Powell, but then he turns it into a scramble. There are throws that Joshua Dobbs or Jaron Hall aren't going to make that Kirk Cousins would make with, pristine accuracy but then there are other plays that kirk cousins would take a sack or a strip sack or something that joshua dobbs works his way out of because he's mobile and he's much more athletic and what is that trade-off you're gonna okay so i'm going to give away some dart throwing pocket passing accuracy but i'm going to gain hey it's fourth and seven fourth and eight when it's 4th and 8 and your season's on the line against the Giants and oh. you can't move out of the way of a little bit of pressure, you check down to TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Or you throw into double, triple coverage, Justin Jefferson. Your options are limited. If you've got Joshua Dobbs or a mobile quarterback who's better than Joshua Dobbs, you might run 10 yards for a first down, and now you're beating the Giants in the first round of the playoffs, right?
2: Let's uh, Let's talk about that because you just hit on a play that there is a parallel to. You brought it up. So, yes, the the scramble that Dobbs had where Powell clearly was hot and open, I think in a week that pass goes to Powell. But let's talk about the fourth down that would have lost the game if they hadn't converted, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It was fourth and seven, correct? Fourth it and was seven. fourth and seven, yes. Okay, Okay. so it's very close to fourth and eight. And O'Connell said it is Monday presser. He said that was a bad play call by me. That was I, I made a bad play call. Wow. and he saved and and he saved it so let's not talk about where he clearly just missed or didn't make the right read or screwed up and it worked out the fourth and seven O'Connell said yeah that wasn't a great play call didn't send in a great play
0: there so the quarterback overcame Came pressure and a bad play call to keep the game alive
2: correct and he won the game because 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 the powell yes the Powell touchdown technically won the game but if he gets stopped, Let's say he checks the ball down on fourth and seven. The game comes to an end.
0: So just to clarify another point, if Joshua Dobbs takes a sack in that situation, the loss wouldn't have been his fault, although he did turn the ball over several times. But at the end of the day, he turned out to be the solution in a moment where the game was on the line.
2: Well, and to go Back to what I said before. This isn't an anti-Kirk thing. Kirk can't run like that. It ain't his fault. It, it would be like asking.
0: It kind of is an anti-Kirk well, thing at this point in the conversation. I would like him to now? get.
2: I, I would like him to get the ball downfield there as a passer. But the point is, I would have as much of a chance as Kirk would basically on in that predicament because we're both going to, mm-hmm. to be stopped. I'll probably die because I get hit. <laughs> Kirk won't die, but we're both going to be stopped short of the sticks. Joshua Dobbs has a skill set that allowed him to get to to get the first down. But I found it very intriguing that O'Connell made it very clear that he saved my bacon. So like for as good as O'Connell was, he's essentially saying the mobility of Dobbs or hell, if it had been Jaron Hall, I don't know if it had been a mobile quarterback, he saved me
0: in the moment. Another thing too. And I, I totally agree with this is we can't get too far down the line of mobile, 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 because the more mobiles oftentimes the more risk of injury and, you know, that like does Jarrah. open up. Now, of course, like the risk of injury for Kirk Cousins turned out to be there too. He, with a non contact Achilles just because he's getting older and things happen when you're 35, 36. But did you see? I, I and it's a small sample size, but Joshua Dobbs and Jaron Hall don't look like the same NFL player. Like one of them is three inches taller. Yes. I don't know exactly what their listed weight is, uh, but it looks like there's a 10 to 15, dare I say Maybe not 20 pound difference, but one of them gets smoked, not really knowing what he's doing in his first NFL game. Things are moving fast. The other one looked like he had processed a lot of NFL defenses Mm -hmm. and he's a little bit of a bigger guy. So if I'm going to have a mobile quarterback, I want him to be six foot two, six foot three, like 215, like a bigger guy that can absorb a hit once in a while. That's the worry with some of these smaller guys, like, you know, Jaron Hall or, um, why am I blanking on uh, the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback? Bryce, like Young? The, Bryce Young. Yeah. You're 5'11", you're 6 feet tall, you're barely 200 pounds, and you take a hit from a 275-pound lineman or a linebacker safety, like, there's a better chance you're not going to get up <laughs> and you're going to miss some games, too. So, you know, this is all interesting. It's a puzzle it that's just, being sort of put together yeah. in the next six months, and there's another game against the Saints that will add more information. And just mm-hmm. like the Vikings front office and coaching staff, I think us as a shower, let's see what happens week to week. Saints well, championship week. Let's start there.
2: And let's say Kirk comes
0: back, you know, two years. I mean, at
2: some point in time, he's going to have to be replaced. And I think what we're seeing is what are what are the options then? So, like, this is not saying that Kirk is not back. Who knows? He might be back. He probably is back. He's odds-on yeah, favorite to be point, back at this point. But, like, who's the – like? It appears that unless something falls apart drastically, and I don't think it's going to, that Kevin O'Connell is going to be here a long time. Like he looks like he's very good at his job. Um, And so I think the question is, you know, eventually when the page gets turned on Kirk, if that's 2024, 2026, does the page get turned to the same type of QB or does the page get turned to a guy that allows O'Connell, a guy who's not just, just to be clear here, not just mobile. But I also think, you know, O'Connell got here, and he's done a great job with Kirk. But he was, Kirk was, what, 34 when O'Connell arrived? Mm-hmm. 33? So if you get a young guy in the building, now he becomes your product. Like, Kirk is, I think that Kirk and O'Connell work well together, but, I mean, Kirk Cousins was not developed by Kevin. The next quarterback probably will be. So that's extremely Intriguing as well. So, like, what does that s- sort of Frankenstein project
0: look like? Yep, a lot of a lot interesting of, things. A lot of interesting. So, it is a very blank canvas that Joshua Dobbs will attempt to start painting again this weekend. We have uh we got our picks packing order. Where do the Vikings rank right now? How high do we have them climbing? We also have Judd guesses the PFF grades coming up here on Purple Daily, presented by Quick Trip. A shout out to our friends at Burger Press and Shawarma Cart in Edina. This place is fantastic. So uh, we're definitely overdue for a team lunch. I was out there with our guy, Chris Ron, from our marketing staff. And uh, we had lunch there like three weeks ago, I want to say. And we dove into the Shawarma Wrap, the Shawarma Burrito, the Shawarma Bowl, the Rectum Rectum Hot Sauce, too, which is fantastic. Sometimes I have to be careful with hot sauce, but it's, it's really good. And then these are some of the best burgers, crinkle cut fries that you're going to find in town. So off 494 and France Avenue, any diner, burger press and shawarma cart owned and operated by Minnesota sports fans. It's, it's an independent uh, food joint. Check them out. Let us know what you think. Also a shout out to our friends at underdog fantasy. Declan. Yeah. Uh, my guy, Xavier sent me this one uh, a week or
3: two ago. I forgot to show it after the Packer game, but he had a nice little slip here. Took Jordan cool. Addison. Took, took, Options from around the NFL. You took lower on Jordan Love, obviously. You take higher on Baker Mayfield. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen. Plenty of great options on Underdog Fantasy. Uh, even got in some action yesterday at the Timberwolves game with my buddy who I was there. There's all sports and all types of options at Underdog Fantasy. When you join with promo code SCORE, SKOR, they'll give you a mystery pick'em special plus a $100 deposit match. You just got to use the promo code SCORE, SKOR. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app.
0: And a shout-out to our friends, too, and our favorite van in the Twin Cities. That would be Finch Home Solutions. Right on. That's exactly
2: right. uh, Finch Home Solutions. And if you're looking at that van right now, I'm thinking, those colors, they look familiar. That's because... My friend Cody Finch, who runs Finch Home Solutions, is a fan of two things. One is the Vikings; he loves his team, and two is making sure that your home or business is safe when it comes to the electrical electronics in your house. So that could, you know, that could be a small project, replacing a uh, light fixture, light switch. That could be a major product or project. Let's say replacing all of the installation in in your house when it comes to the rewiring whatever it is finch home solutions has the solution they're fast they're courteous they're professional heck i like them so much that sports dad allowed them in my house and they were in and out quickly they did a fantastic job now it's your turn to try finch home solutions 612-357-2604 or FinchHomeSolutions.com. Their uh, newly redone website is absolutely fantastic. In fact, you can have them come to your house just by going to that site and filling out a short form. FinchHomeSolutions.com. Check them out, and then that truck beep, beep will show up
0: right in front of your house meah, and meah. get
2: all the work done.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right, it's time for the pigskin pecking all order right, here, where we rank collectively – Our top 10 teams in the National Football League. We each come up with a list of 10, and then we aggregate it all together. Some controversy at the top here. Hmm. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles, number one. Baltimore Ravens, number two. Kansas City Chiefs, number three. So let's break it out. Mm -hmm. You guys each have the Eagles still as the best team in the NFL. I have moved the Ravens after yet another crazy impressive performance. They're just blowing teams out left and right. I've got the Ravens number one in the NFL. Okay. Would love to see Eagles Ravens play each other. Be a Mm -hmm. blast. Um, You guys have the chiefs. Number two. I have the Eagles. Number two. I have the chiefs. Number three. You guys have the Ravens. Number three. So we all, we all have the same top three, just in sort of a different order. Sure. Okay. And Baltimore, what is their schedule? Check this real quick. They are, uh, they got weapons for Lamar Jackson now.
3: Yeah, Lamar might win MVP.
0: I mean, he yeah, it'd be his second MVP, right? Mm-hmm. I love to see him do well. I think it's great. So they now have think about this: like Seattle is a playoff team. They just beat Seattle thirty-seven to three on oh, Sunday. Yeah, no, you're right. They beat Detroit thirty-eight to six two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, they beat Cleveland at Cleveland twenty-eight to three, and then they also have a win at Cincinnati early in the season. So just uh I've seen enough for now. They're number one on, on my list. Number four, Jacksonville. Five, <laughs> Miami. Cincinnati, six. That's the biggest mover and shaker. Only one of us had them in the top 10 last week. I had them 10th or 9th last week. And then uh, now all three of us have them. in. we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. Detroit, seven. San Francisco, eight. Ooh. Dallas, nine. And Cleveland is ten. In mm. our pigskin packing order. Mm. So, uh, let's see here. Discrepancies. You guys have the Bengals 7 and 8. I have the Bengals up to 4. I'm ignoring okay. the first, like, we, the calf injury weeks for Joe Burrow. I'm just throwing those out from the first yeah. couple weeks. Okay. I get it. Um, the Jaguars. Declan. Uh, we all have them 4 or 5. Miami. You guys have Miami 5. I've got them 8. So, that's a discrepancy. And then the 49ers, we have kind of all over the place. I've got them six. Declan has them seven. Judd has them ninth. Really falling off. Very disappointed. They'll probably come to life to some extent, but it's been kind of a, a rough stretch. And now uh, where do the Vikings rank? Well, there was one other team that received a top 10 vote this week, and it was Judd ranking the Vikings 10th. That's right. I put them in the I put them in the hot streak. Let's go. Hot streak.
2: I moved them up to ten. 10's Hot. hard, so I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put the Vikings 10.
0: I've got them 11th. Declan has them 12th. So Me we're fair. all pretty much in agreement there, right? Yeah. Right there. 10th, 11th, 12th. Pretty good. Not bad. So.
2: so what? go go back for a second if you'd be so kind, if you can flip the screen mm-hmm. back to the top 10. I've, I've got a, a question. Um, so how? what was the ratio of us that had Cleveland in the top 10?
0: Both of you guys? So... Uh, yes, Declan had Cleveland ninth. I had Cleveland 10th. Okay, and you had them out. Out. Yep. Yep. But they are close. I mean, they've been impressive. Yeah, they have a bunch of really big wins. Their defense, by and large, has been the best in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And now Deshaun Watson's back, and he looked to play pretty well. He's Mm -hmm. not the Deshaun Watson they thought they were getting like three years ago. Yes, but he's he's capable. So,
2: and meanwhile, the Texans look to be in very good shape. Oh, yeah. QB now. Dude,
0: I thought about putting the Texans in the ten. The Texans Stroud had what five touchdown passes on Sunday? Four, I believe it was four. Okay, yeah. four. Wow. He looks very much like the best quarterback from that draft class early on here. Really seems like, dude, the Cowboys are regressing at
3: a peak Cowboys time, especially with Mike McCarthy being Mike McCarthy. I don't know if you guys caught yeah,
0: the yeah, end of the Cowboys the game on Sunday. Classic Dak McCarthy clown show. Um, in the last is this going
2: to be it now? Is this finally going to be it? Yeah, he's it. He's no.
0: Way. Yeah. Do you see that team with McCarthy and Dak Prescott leading like a Super Bowl? There's no, you know I'm chance. not a big Mike fan. I'm I'm not a big McCarthy guy. I'm just not. Yeah. I don't know. I think I feel he, like he gets... had a
2: fastball at one time, but he doesn't anymore.
0: Yeah. Like he, you know, he had a nice run. He definitely maximized Aaron Rodgers, And didn't he also get a 13 win season out of Brett Favre at the, yeah, at the end there too? 2007. So
2: 2007.
0: he probably takes a little too much flack from a career standpoint than he deserves, but it's, it's just been one thing after another. In Dallas, unfortunately. Fi- and he fired Declan's guy, Kellen Moore. Well, mutual parting of ways. Yeah, yeah was, that means yeah, he was fired. Was, let's, was get it, yeah. right.
2: let's get it. Kellen, right. Kellen okay. you're fired. Okay, let's just say good we idea. mutually parted ways. Okay, we'll do that.
0: That works. Sounds good. Jed, are you ready to guess some PFF grades here? Yes. 40. Although, I, full disclosure, I know one already. Oh, you're cheating. You already cheated?
2: No, I, no you talked about it yesterday.
3: Yeah, I think you did. Well, we talked up, about,
2: huh? Oh, you you brought up Q QBR, but he's going to yeah. be a top three. He's going to be a top three.
0: I wouldn't give away a PFF grade before Tuesday. It was a. I'm pretty, it was Q. Josh sure. Dobbs had a high QBR. QB,
2: he the highest in the league. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that that's going to translate into a top three PFF ranking. But will have to see. Call me crazy. We'll
0: see. So we're we're call looking for we're start with the offensive side of the ball. We're going to put Judd's longtime football eye test acumen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm up against the pff grades and see if you can guess the top three offensive performers and the bottom three offensive performers for the vikings against the falcons you get so so to to fill out those six slots we'll give you three strikes three total strikes
2: all right josh dobbs
0: top three joshua dobbs survey says he was the number one graded player on offense by the vikings that's where I felt I was probably cheating a little
2: bit because of the QBR.
0: Um, all right, eighty-two and a half out of a hundred, and I know there's a lot of people like, well, wait a second, he had a couple really bad turnovers in there, and he obviously missed a couple throws, right? But when he when he would miss a hot route, he would then run for twenty yards. So at the end of the day, it was a positive value play, and I think it shows you you can make a couple mistakes in a football game and play so well in all the other areas that exactly. you get a high qbr or a good pff grade so we all are right. something.
2: all right if there's got to be at least an old lineman it always seems like there is in the top three the only question is which one is it hmm all right i'm gonna guess another skill position player right for hmm. right now
3: hmm.
2: i'm gonna guess jordan addison
0: Jordan Addison, mm. incorrect. Jordan Addison. I'm I'm gonna stop giving you like, I'm I'm not gonna tell you where your incorrect guesses rank in case they were to fall in the other categories. So, but I will tell you he was a 63 and a half out of 100. But a high grade in run blocking. He had 25 run blocking snaps, had an 82.9 run blocking grade, dude. If he's coming around as a run blocker. Look out. Oh,
2: well, I mean, he's playing enough now that he probably has to improve, right? I mean, out, he's probably huh? getting the reps. um All right. Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill. 49.3 grade
0: for Brian O'Neill.
2: Ooh, PFF. Hmm? Don't be so mean.
0: You're down to one remaining offensive one, strike, yeah. and you have five unclaimed yeah, this names is not, here.
2: this is not one of my finest moments. Unlike the Vikings in Atlanta, I, I'm going to need a major miracle.
0: Um, let's see. Here, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a rare hint. I think you should start at the bottom. Start with the worst performers and just think about the game. Think about how – trust your eyes. Not your brain. (laughs) All right. Start at the bottom.
2: Brian O'Neill grade's really bad. Fucking
0: Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill. Okay. Yes. He was the second worst graded player. Hmm.
2: Well set up bed, you know. I'm gonna guess because I don't think he did much. This might be, this might be totally wrong. This might be my third strike, but I'm still, I'm still gonna guess it. Josh Oliver.
0: Josh Oliver oh incorrect right. man yeah it's uh it's a, it's a rough one here for judd guest mm-hmm. in the offense so the, the worst Tough graded day. players were all offensive linemen in terms of 15 snaps or more garrett bradbury brian o'neill and ed ingram were all oh, a 55 really? or lower and their run blocking mm-hmm. grades were atrocious the run blocking so was have a, a brain wreck in this game yep okay i was curious and then at the top, the, the highest-graded players, Joshua Dobbs. T.J. Hawkinson was number two. And then Cam Akers, before he went down with the oh, injury, I would, I would would never was it, number three. I'm surprised
3: he didn't get Hawk. That dude got targeted like 15 times.
0: Yeah, Hawkinson had a night. He had that big, nasty yeah. You know, 15, yeah. 20 yards after the catch. Yeah, I, I, I should have gotten Hawk. Cam, I never would have gotten. I had
2: no idea a running back of any sort in that game qualified for the Vikings.
0: Let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Three strikes to guess the three best and three worst graded players. We're looking for 15 snaps or more to qualify here. Neil Hunter among the top. Pretty safe bet on a weekly basis. He was the third highest graded player. Although, it's funny, he only had one pressure in this game, Mm -hmm. but he did have seven tackles, including six stop tackles. He was throwing guys around like ragdolls, dude. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he was. it wasn't his best game, but he was definitely... All over the place. All right. Cam Bynum among the top. Cam Bynum was the second highest graded defensive sure. player. 75.8. Felt,
2: like felt like he was flying all over the field on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Saw him show a lot. He flashed quite a bit. I'm not going
0: to lie. Everyone. I'm
2: not going to lie. Um, all right. Defensive standpoint. Oh boy. Um here's where it gets a little more difficult. Who is the third highest? Well we're looking for the highest. The grade. highest. The highest graded. Oh well I'm I'm saying in the top three. I don't well, know where I don't know where they're you know, mm-hmm. I'm just guessing the top divide three divide and count to it.
3: Yep.
2: So the highest graded guy. Okay, you know what? I'm going to guess Byron Murphy Jr.
0: There it is. Usually he's two, at the, he's in the bottom two three. Two break
2: up, two a pick, yeah, really two break two or three breakups.
0: Yeah, few he had
2: tackles. A,
0: he had a pressure two stop tackles. He was targeted seven times, only two catches, one interception. Yeah, he was his, his probably his he best game had, as a Viking. He
2: could have had two to three picks.
0: Yeah, but he had the the big one there. Okay. So, wow, three for three. Look at this. There you okay, I'm back. we got I'm three the, strikes left. Me and We're Flo. looking for the three worst-graded defensive players. I'm right here for you, baby. I'm right here for you.
2: I know what I'm watching, Flo. Um, the three worst.
0: Kyrie's Tonga.
3: Did he qualify?
0: He did qualify. He was the fourth-worst-graded oh. player.
3: Oh, hey. It's so
2: close. Man. So close, so close, so
0: close. He had twenty snaps, a forty-eight point four you know, grade.
2: You know, I don't remember st- the linebackers doing a whole lot in this one.
0: Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace was the third worst graded player, forty-four and a half grade for young Ivan Pace. Couple missed tackles for him in this game. It's not not a great performance. Yeah, two more strikes, two more players. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Can safeties? he do it?
2: I don't think Harrison Smith. Can he do but TELUS it? usually doesn't have, like, awful train wreck games. Um,
0: Six, 7, 8, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. They played 15 players, at least 15 snaps, too, which makes yeah. this harder for you. That's what B-Flow does. Um,
2: DJ Wanham.
0: DJ Wanham did not have a great game, 51.8. Whoops, <laughs> that's the wrong button. <laughs> No. but he was not one of the three worst graded players. One more strike. All right. Yeah, you
2: know what? I'm going to I'm going to uh, um I'm going to stay with what got me my
0: only ding Jordan Hicks. No faith in Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks is uh, incorrect. The wheels mm. came off for Judd here. A little bit. Jordan Hicks 61.7 grade for him. He did have eight mm-hmm. tackles which I believe led the team yeah, in that's this one. Three That's missed tackles, two for him. So it yeah. was not a great game.
2: Oh, so he should have been in the buy. So PFF screwed, screwed up.
0: No, because Patrick Jones the second had a thirty point oh. two grade in thirty three snaps. Sorry, I forgot all about
2: him. He's not. And, he's not not that good at football.
0: Well, as evidenced, <laughs> and Jonathan Bullard was a thirty six point three grade out of a hundred.
2: He's my guy.
0: That man. So not he's good. He's my guy. I he's
2: saw so that. Uh, I saw that our, our guy. Pelissero had a note today that the Titans just released a big defensive tackle. I wonder if he could be on the radar for the purple. Mm, okay, especially if Bullard didn't grade well because he Bullard was my 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 hope as the big man in the middle. And obviously, if he didn't play
3: well, I don't know why they just didn't bring back Linval. He looked good in Buffalo too on Sunday night. Like I don't know why they didn't just bring back Linval Joseph. He, He's been begging to come back for, yeah. like, two years. He lives here still, I think. But
0: Kwesi Qu- and KOC have no connection, right? I mean, he is. Was... Yeah. So it's a, just a different. They'd be bringing him in for the first time. And Brian, maybe Brian Flores said, eh, I'm good sure too. on that. But they could use a little extra help in there. But Everybody alas. Everyone needs a fat man. Put it on a shirt from Judd. Everyone needs a fat man. Fat man. Everyone is uh, fat, man. Everyone needs a good uh, good insurance partner too. Federated Insurance has been exactly that for countless businesses going back to 1904. Federated is all about helping you maximize the success of your business through risk management tools and resources. If you're a next generation business owner as well, they would love to uh, connect with you and show you how they can help guide you like a sherpa. Like a sherpa. Sherpa. Federated Word dot com, where it's our business to protect yours. And that's a wrap on this Tuesday episode of purple daily, uh, tomorrow, write that down predictions, accountability session. We've got a state of the offense coming up on Thursday. Also don't forget uh, Vikings vent line. I think we had our most consumed episode of Vikings vent line of the season after the Vikings beat the Falcons on Sunday. It's the most fan friendly interactive show in Minnesota wow. sports. So thank you guys for, uh, for joining in every single Sunday. And if you haven't yet, why don't you mark your calendars after the Saints game and join us for a little Vikings vent line session. We will see you tomorrow on Purple Daily.